Welcome to the Inspire Life podcast. I am your host, Morgan Kimbaro. Our guest today is James Brown, businessman, music producer, author, and now running for assembly. James, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Feels great to be here. Hey, we're great to have you. So talk about who James Brown is. Talk about the synthesis. Talk about your background, who you are today, and, and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm going to go way back. All right, so my actual full name, actually, just so we're fully clear, it's Herbert James Brown IV. Right? I'm actually the fourth. So a lot of people, when they hear James Brown, they ask, oh, man, you were named after the singer? I actually uh, wasn't. It's just I, I go by my middle name a lot. But um, that's how, like, James Brown really, like, took off. And actually, I'll, I'll even talk about that, too. So, uh, you know, growing up, I, I was uh, growing up in Connecticut, have a, a mom with two brothers, and that's who I mostly live with. I did have my dad in my life. Um, he in and out of prison, but, you know, for the most part, it was just I like grew up with a single mom. And we moved around a lot, but we were still in Connecticut for, like, the most part. And um, growing up, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, I could say. You know, I, I learned a lot. Let's just say growing up in the East Coast is a lot different than, than the West Coast, and I could tell. Um from there, moved to Brooklyn, met my amazing wife, but at the time, uh, my girlfriend, and we were we did a lot of great things. Uh, I could say, like, um, life has just been like a movie, to be honest, because now I live in La Jolla. This is just like the overview, and then we'll go into, into depth of it all. Uh, but now, moved to San Diego, living in La Jolla, moved here for, like, like back in 2020, so about three years now, and... Um, Life, life has just really been great. I've honestly been really, really focused lately. Um, I've always been like a, a energetic kind of person where I was super mo motivated, but I feel like moving to the West Coast really gave me a stronger desire, you know, a stronger motivation and a bigger reason why, you know, I could say. And so I know that there's going to be a lot that we're going to talk about on this, about especially about my story, but just giving you an overview of it all, I mean, <laughs> where do I even start? I'm just excited. So here's here's a couple of things about me that people should know for sure. Uh, when it comes to music producer, right? Um, back in 2014, this is how my whole music producing everything started. I actually, even before that, I've always used to rap since like sixth grade. Uh, I used to rap and I used to record myself on a laptop. But I actually opened my first recording studio back in 2014. And um, that was really interesting because I still have it to this day. So it's almost 10 years of having a recording studio. And at first, I did it to record myself. Uh, but then, over time, I had a studio. I had friends, other artists. So then I became an audio engineer. And I started recording other people. And that's where it got really fun, I could say, because it became um, a lucrative hobby. You know, like, you can actually, if you can find something that you love to do and then make money doing it, then it's one of those things. It's like a passion project especially when it comes to music because music the income from music isn't guaranteed you know so um, a lot of people that you'll hear like the starving artist uh, it was it's like that for a lot of people but I, I was fortunate enough to be able to find a way to make money doing it so my music career it, it kicked off around the same time I actually had a TV show it was called word on the street and for this TV show I would interview artists politicians 
uh, community activists. It would be really like a it was like a podcast in a way, but um, I was just trying to really educate and and entertain at the same time. So from there, I started doing like dance battles on my TV show, which now this is like the thing where things really started to change and pick up for me. I would say like so these dance battles went from like the TV show. I was getting such good ratings that we started doing live events. And then from 2014, after starting my TV show, I could say it was around like October 2014, <coughs> I started doing an event every single month, like every month, for three years in a row. So it was it started off as dance events every month, and then that picked up into fashion shows, then it was talent shows, then it was all kinds of events. Uh, actually, I've hosted over like 20 different fashion shows, you know, <laughs> uh, poetry slams, you name it, right? And um, from there, I, I all at the same time, I still had my recording studio, so a lot of stuff was going on, especially around uh, Connecticut at the time. And from there, it was just like things just started picking up. I took it to New York, started hosting shows in Manhattan, which was a lot of fun, um, New York Fashion Week. I have a good friend of mine that... Um, that runs New England Fashion Week, and he, me and him, like I said, I, I hosted over 20-something fashion shows. I got a lot of connections from in there, and uh, we used to do these charity events. Actually, I met my my w now wife uh, at the time when I first met her. She came to one of my fashion shows. It was it was really cool. Yeah. You know, I just got, like, just putting events together. I, I used to always say, like, everything happens at events. It's just so much fun because you're creating a memory. You have energy there, people yes. with like-minded drive, and yes. and that's a great place to meet a future wife, yeah. meet great friends, meet colleagues, right? Just mm -hmm. by putting yourself out there, right? Going out, meeting new people. You never never know who you meet. Future wife and, and yeah, like didn't know it at the time, but yeah. yeah, you see. And so you know, like I said, all of my momentum started really picking up off of that, but. Even before all of that, it took a lot of, like, mental preparation. Mm -hmm. um, but before my life even went that whole route, let me, let me tell you about this. Growing up, um, I always wanted to be a doctor, right, like a medical doctor. I used to, like, read all the time. Um, it was like, even though the situations I was growing up, when, growing up in weren't the best, I always saw education as my escape, as my way out, like, didn't matter what was going on right now because I'm going to be this doctor and life is about to be so amazing, you know, and that's what I really believed when I was a kid. I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get good grades, the best grades, go to the best schools, and then once I get out of here, I'm out of here. And uh, basically, I was like the first in my family to go to high school, uh, to graduate high school. Wow. Like, not let alone go off to college. Um, and I'm not the oldest of my grandma's grandkids either, so, uh, you know, it was like the environment that I grew up in was very negative, but I've always kept that positive optimism, and that is what really guided me. But now what took me off of that path was when I was 17, I went off to college, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I guess, like, I got messed up on financial aid. And so I after one semester, I got in a bunch of debt, and they wouldn't let me in the, the next semester. I'm talking, like, over $20,000. So we're talking from August to December of one year. I owe, Now I owe over 20000 It actually took me like 10 years to pay it off. Um, but uh, that that right there was like a, it was a, like a, a, 
really, I, w- I wouldn't even necessarily call it a dark time, but a time of like uncertainty because I had this like plan my whole life that I was going to be this doctor and I was just going to be successful in this. And then now it's like ripped from under me. And now I got to go back to reality. And it's like, what is there for me? Nothing. You know, so I'm like, all right, so now I had to figure out what's th- what was plan B, <laughs> if you had a plan B. And at the time, I, I didn't even have a plan B. I was like, plan A, I'm going to double down. I'm going to make sure I do this. And so um, that's when I started. At the same time, I always was like for leisure, for fun, I was doing music. So I was, I was like, you know what? Let me just try to take this more serious. Maybe this will work for me. And <laughs> uh, I guess to ruin it, I didn't get signed by anybody, <laughs> you know. So it's not like I got, I was like a, a big famous rapper or anything. But um, like I said, that's where I started getting into actually being an engineer, help other people's dreams. You know, I've always was big in um, personal development, and so one thing um, the thought leader Zig Ziglar. He would say is like if you want something, like if you help enough other people get what they want, you could get anything you want. Yeah, right. And Providing so value, yep. And then you know it, it comes back, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what I figured. I was like, let me help other people reach their dreams so that I can get my achieve my goals. And so that's really like where the the, the preparation, the mindset, to be able to add value to help contribute to uh, someone else's story so that I can be an impact on them. And then eventually over time, it was going to come back to me. That's how it looked like, you know, karma. You know, if I could just help enough other people, I feel like something great's going to happen. And so it took a lot. Like I said, every month for three years in a row, I was like something new. And it was like, it evolved over time too. Sometimes it was like, I remember one time there was like a, a bad shooting, like in the next neighborhood over, like, three, four people had passed away and we did like a, a stop the violence kind of event, you know, and like that right there was still a way to showcase people that, especially locals that were in the area that had a story they wanted to get out. But more important, it was just spreading more positivity. You know, we're like, we need to have positivity in this area. And I, that's why I realized like a lot of the power of events came from. It's like you're, you're, creating something positive that really is out of nowhere. You know, it's like, you don't make the event, then there's nothing happening. Like, people are like, oh, what's going on today? Nothing much. You know, but if you actually make something, then, you know, it's like, you're a creator. And I, I was always big on that. Like, I guess the biggest thing for me also is, like, the philosophy. Like, I believe that your, your own philosophy is what's going to drive you. And no matter what, it's like, you can be put in the best situations, but if you're not right mentally, then you're going to miss all the opportunities, you know? And so I was always from that perspective of I could create the life that I want. You know, I could create yeah. the life that that can be beneficial. Like, if, if today's not a good day, make it a good day, you know? And actually, here's, here's something, too. Uh, I know you mentioned author. I definitely want to plug in a little bit of my book. Um, it's called Personal Achievement Made Simple. Right, and so I talk about a couple of stories in there about like the background of my life and how I was able to to really take control of my <coughs> life by creating the the reality that I wanted, mm. and and so what I mean by that is like I used to have this thing where I used to say every day is a great day, right? No matter what, like even if I didn't believe it, 
one of my mentors told me sometimes your ears need to hear your mouth say it like you speak it into existence right man yep you absolutely know? and and so with that it's like even if i wasn't having a good day i was somebody asked me hey how you doing you know how like people do that and then they'll walk away before they you even respond and it's like hey what's up how's it going and um i was always taking advantage of that moment and say amazing day best day ever you know i even if i'm just <laughs> i could have like a car could have broke down on the side of the road and i had to walk like three miles just to get some gas or something somebody would have said hey how's it doing great day you know it, did, it didn't matter um but at that time you know it was like i wanted to have great days and even if i didn't i wanted to believe it you know and if you say it enough you actually do believe it absolutely you know and it actually impacts your your day it impacts your future you know i look at how i am now and i'm not rich and famous i'm not anybody special like that but the life that i live is completely different than the people i grew up around everybody like every i don't know anybody out here doing what i'm doing now and it's crazy because it's like i'm on the exact opposite side of the country i was i live in the northeast now i'm in the southwest you know so it's it's really cool how i love it yeah. um but here's here's a story too and <laughs> i wrote this in my book i i was like as soon as i get the opportunity i'm telling people this you know so i used to work uh, i've been in finance for pretty much half my life like i'm in my 30s and i worked in finance since i was 18 and so when i was young i remember i was working at a credit union <laughs> and i'm not gonna say it any like name out there but um i used to be like every day's a great day super positive but a lot of, like not everybody was receptive to that sometimes it could get annoying to some people so i remember one time i was called into the office right it was the top three people like the ceo vice president and you know one of the millionaires and they're like you got to get your head out of the clouds um i'm living in this fairy tale pie in the sky like Every day is not a great day. Uh, you got to stop, like, pretending like I'm, I'm living in this different dream world, right? And so I remember at the time it was, like, almost, like, traumatic. Imagine, like, you're a young, young guy. You just, like, had your dreams <laughs> pretty much crushed from you. You mm -hmm. wanted to go on this route. Now you're in another route. And then you don't want to – a lot of times people, if they're not mentally strong enough, they could really fall into a deep – or deep, you know, just start spiraling in their life, start taking substances or whatever, you know, especially if you're in a negative environment where it's easy to get to and you got uh, pretty much other people are doing the same thing. Yep. You know, it's easy to get caught into that. Very easy. I chose to, to be in a different mindset, you know, so with that, it's like, I remember it's, it was like a, one of those, like, I can't believe, like, what do you mean I'm too positive? What do you mean I'm too happy? I was like, it, it just didn't make sense. But they're like, oh, yeah, well, since things are so great, we're going to give you a promotion. <laughs> what they made me do, I started now walking around, picking up all the trash on the outside of the building. And I'm a banker. So I'm like shirt and tie, khakis, dress pants. And I'm like going around picking up garbage. And it was funny because one day uh, they had a landscaper come and he planted a bunch of flowers. right? Mm -hmm. And so – they made me go out and count how many flowers he planted. And these are pansies, like the little flowers, right? I'll give you guys. Guess how many flowers you think I counted? Thousands. Oh, man, that was crazy. 1,052. Wow. Crazy, right? And then, like, at this time, like I said, dress shirt, shirt and tie. You got to dress up nice for it. And, I mean, 
at this time, I was taking, I was waking up at five in the morning, taking two buses just to get to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so it was like, I, I remember, you know, it's, here's the lesson I learned from it all before anything. It's like, you know how sometimes you could say, oh, I could, I would do this if I was in your situation. But if that situation never comes, you never know how you really would react. Like, I know that at that time, I, like, it's easy for people to say, yeah, I could stay positive or, yeah, like, that wouldn't bother me. But it's like I went through it, and I know, all right, this, like, when you actually go through certain things like that, you, you start to build character. You start to build a, a sense of who you really are, you know, especially when you're put in a situation of, like that. Absolutely. And, and that's what I learned is, like, you know what? People can't, they won't tell me I'm too happy. You won't tell me not to live my dreams. You won't tell me not to, you're not going to tell me stop dreaming. You know, and it doesn't matter how hard they try, it starts to build up your resistance to that. And so that was at, at an early age. I was still a teenager, and I had people trying to kill my dreams, just trying to kill happiness. You can't be too happy around people. You know, it's like that the thing where it's like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Huh, well, my day's worse. And then now it's a competition of who's having the worst day. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like on the opposite end of the spectrum when someone's having a bad day. Since they're having a bad day, they want to make everybody else's day bad. Right, and so you have that decision, right? I mean, you put the perspective of like, heck, if my car's broken down, you know, I got evicted, whatever can happen, got fired, I'm still gonna have that positive mentality, mm -hmm. right? And and the way that I think about it, right, is somebody that's been through some intensive military training, specifically Marine Corps boot camp, is like when I'm having a tough day, I bring myself back to that scenario and how rough that was, and I'm like, you know. I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm not going to get yelled at, right? I, I have these certain comforts, right? And I was even listening to a podcast today, right, as, you know, Thanksgiving's on Thursday as we shoot this, and this is a week to give gratitude and thanks for what we have. And just something so simple as being in this building with electricity, something that we take for granted, you know, with the conflicts that are going out on throughout the, the world, right? People will, you know, this will be their final day. You know, they're not going to make it until next day and that's something to be so grateful for right to have that gratitude to have that perspective of positivity mm, love it the more like here's a here's a, a saying the more you're grateful for the more you will have things to be grateful for absolutely you know yeah. so the attitude should always be gratitude i used to that's how i used to always stay positive i would say because there's times where like i grew up it was really rough. We didn't always have lights on. We didn't. I there's times where I had to sleep in my car. I had to like put my pride aside because of of not having enough money. I used to have hand me down clothes, and it was it was tough. But I remember just always being grateful for things that I did have. You know, and and if you even could just I, I write in my book too. If you even could just write down like three to five things that you're grateful for every day, then that would really dramatically change your life. Because now you're looking at the blessings you have rather than the lack of things that you don't have. Because social media, you'll see somebody with all this flashy stuff and you'll be thinking of the things that you don't have. But yet there's so much that you do have that somebody else could just wish that they had. Yep. And that always put things in perspective for me. That even in the neighborhood I grew up in, as rough as things were for me, I know that there were people that I was living around my neighbors that had it worse. You know, like, for example, like, family that I grew up around, there was four young kids. They were in the house, and the 
father murdered the mom. I knew the whole family. I knew everything, right? And these four young kids in there, like, their lives are dramatically changed at that point. And I, I look at my life like, who am I to complain about what I have to deal with when I know these little kids didn't even have a chance? Like, they're, they're, like they lost both of their parents, you know? And, and I, I got to see, like, firsthand, like, a lot of this is, it's like, it's all about the perspective. If you could just take yourself out of your situation, and like how you're saying, like, there's, there's other people in other places that would be grateful just for lights, mm-hmm. just for the safety to know that we could sit here and, and record without any violence or, or worry yeah. about, you know? So that a bomb might come through and, you know, the, the roof caves in. Yeah, I think if more people started to be grateful for the things that they have and for the life that they have, especially here in this country, then I think that things would be a lot better. People would be in a, a much more positive space. And then that could be like a baseline of like positivity if we could just <laughs> have people understand. But, you know, some people aren't going to be grateful. I'm like, hey, you're having a great day. And even if it's I woke up today. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a saying that somebody was like, oh, if I were to give you a billion dollars but said you couldn't wake up tomorrow, would you take it? Obviously, it would be like, no, but then you're going to leave, can't spend it. So then that means that, that that each day is, like, at least worth a billion dollars. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, it's, like, people don't see it like that. You know? And I, I get it in, in some cases where if people are in pain, like, excruciating pain or something like that, like, you, imagine you got, you know, a bad accident or something ha- happened to you, you know, like, then sometimes people want to find an exit. Even though I try to say find the most positive way out, that's where if you if you can't then getting the help is the most important. Yep. You know, I, I had um, a friend of mine that unfortunately had tried to commit suicide, and it's it's tough. You know, to j- even try to understand and put yourself in that person's shoes. I I could only, from my perspective, I could only like try to empathize and say, man, I I wish there was something I could do, you know. But then sometimes there's nothing you could do, you know. So it's like situations like that even though i know i don't know i acknowledge that i don't know and and that you know they they might be going through something that that nobody knows about that who knows and and like i said in in certain cases like that all i could try to do is just say think of the positives but um you know overall though having that gratitude is like very it's like a baseline i think that that people should have if you want to improve your life like, one thing I say is nothing positive ever comes from a negative mind mm-hmm. or a negative mindset because all you are going to attract your thoughts. You're going to attract negative if you think Law of attraction, yes. And, and you're going to attract positive when you think positive. At the time, I didn't even, like, I could say I was just learning about law of attraction and, like, how, how much your thoughts really impact your life. I didn't know much about it. I was just in the beginning of, like, my personal development around that time. And over time, like, Personal development is a lifelong journey. It's not like it just stops, you know. So you just you, you become a better person every day, and that's what I try to do: be the best version of myself. And so, um, you know, when it comes down to it, like I took a lot of these experiences that that took me out of negative situations and basically turned them into a positive one. And <laughs> it's it's funny because I I know a, a lot of people that still know me back in the East Coast as the guy that was throwing these events. Like, I was super popular at the time where it was like, 
I would have these studio parties or not parties, but events being because I was going out to all these different places. But then my studio, I upgraded and upgraded over time. And then it was a big space. And then I started bringing people in. And it was cool because people would fly in. People drive like five, six hours to come to my studio. Never been to the state before, but they come there for that. And, um, and like you said, like that law of attraction, just having that baseline positive like energy, positive mindset, eventually you start attracting more people that have that. Yep. And then eventually now a, a group of people that are on a positive mindset, positive track, come together and then they create something that one creates amazing memories and two it's like you know you, you help build people you know build yeah. people into the better versions of themselves positively impact and influence right you delivering right your gifts and talents to lift people up mm-hmm. right and then it becomes that community that network that friendship those bonds of like you know just lifting people up and elevating them into their assignment and purpose. Yes. You know, the funny thing is I was always kind of like that where I was, it was like people were like, I'm preaching to them where I'm always talking about be positive, do this, do that. And at the time when I was especially living in, in the East coast, people would, it's like this, they, they would listen to it, but then they wouldn't because they're like, Oh, well you're in the same situation. You're right here. I, I had people that were always like that. But a mentor of mine told me, like, a prophet is somebody that is the average person far away from home giving advice. You know, just the average person. And that really stuck with me. And it's not until you actually have to leave and you meet people that you didn't grow up with and you start talking to them that you realize that, one, the world is a lot bigger than what you think it is, but then with our shared experiences, it actually is a lot smaller, too. Exactly. You know, the human condition... Right, you can go to different countries, right, different race, different religion, but the human condition is very similar, right? Like you read about history, go back thousands of years ago, if you're reading the Bible, if you're reading, you know, just you know, the human experience of a thousand years ago, you realize like there's still these emotions, there's still the, the, the things people go through, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're connected as humans, like the human species is so Right, I mean, we, we, we are made in the image of God, right? Like, we are not animals. Like, we, are, we have souls, right? And one of the things you talked about, right, is empathy and helping people. And that's really our highest angels, right? Like, our, our highest self, right, is be being able to help people mm-hmm. in their darkest time, right? Stepping outside of ourselves selfishly and serving for the purpose to help, right? Yes, and serving by making yourself more valuable. You know, you make yourself more valuable so you can serve more people, right? And even what you're doing right here with, with these episodes, you're going to keep making them, right? Yes. And each of them are going to keep more content, new ideas, new ways that you can help somebody. And I look at it like this, especially with words. Words, in a way, can they're expressions of thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's the way that the human mind works, it's very complex, but it's like, it's like a, a complex lock. You need a certain combination of words or letters put together that can unlock epiphanies. And these epiphanies can help you reach the breakthrough, the next breakthrough that you needed, or the next aha moment, you know? And so that's where it comes in the podcast form, or it comes in books, you know, whatever it is that you got to expose yourself to 
to get these new ideas. Another mentor of mine had told me, what's going to change who you are now and who you're going to be in five years from now are the books you read and the people you meet. And that comes from the ideas that you get, whether it's conversation, whether it's reading it in a book. Like any time that I'm at like a down point and I'm like, oh, man, what do I do next? I, I try to find that idea or inspiration from a book. Then I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to inc- incorporate this or picking out listening to a podcast like this or, or watching like a, a motivational video that will just get you up and ready. Like you, you already know what you got to do. You just need the motivation to do it. Whatever it is, you got to get exposed to that. And then when you do, then that can cause a chain reaction. And for example, to make it more practical, it's like, like if you want to, like for comedians, like if you want to make someone laugh, if you want to laugh, make someone else laugh. And in that process, you start laughing. So it's like how a chain reaction of events or emotions can impact you. And it's off of just really what you're being exposed to. And that's that's important nowadays, especially with algorithms and, and how, like, certain algorithms really are made to keep you, I guess, into more of what you like. Like, if people start liking this podcast more, right, then they're going to get more algorithms similar to this, right? Um, but the thing is, I, I guess it's kind of like, it's interesting how that works because in a way it like, it keeps people folk, like you're, you're going to attract the right people. But then it's like, if somebody's not even thinking about this, it's like, how do they know? Yeah. It's kind of like the law of attraction with social media, right? Because we know the algorithms, they target certain people based on the content they're watching. Right. But there is something, you know, as you talk about the power of words, a thought comes into my head. I remember there was this poster in kindergarten class, and it said, I will watch my thoughts because my thoughts become my words. I will watch my words because my words become my actions. I will watch my actions because my actions become my character. I will watch my character because my character becomes my life. And as I think about that, I'm like, wow, there is so much wisdom just seeing that as four or five-year-old in kindergarten, right, starting school for the first time, like the foundational, like, steps of how that works, right? And it's, that's like what you talk about, right? The thoughts, like what you're putting in your head, the books you're reading, the the motivational speeches, the people that you're around, right? Those thoughts, those are your words, and it's, ends up becoming your life and the life that you want to live, the life that you're living, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's, it's, it's powerful. Like, it's all a step. Like, we think, it doesn't matter, but it does. Like, I know for myself, right, when I'm listening to, right, positive podcasts, right, I'm listening to, like, gospel music, like, uplifting music, I know that I'm, I'm, I feel different, right? It's like a diet, right? Mm-hmm. You eat good food, you feel good, just in the same way your, your brain is, right? You're eating good content, right, eating positive content, then, you know, you're happier, you feel more energy. Exactly. That yeah. is what you're choosing to expose yourself to. It's that whether it's the the rhythm of the music along with the chorus, I, I know it's the... You know I love that music analogy, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that hits. Um, a, a friend of mine had told me about frequencies and vibrations, and, mm. and that was very interesting because Nikola Tesla talks about that too. Okay. If you look at the world in frequencies and vibrations, then you'll start to see things a lot different. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research. I'm not an expert yeah. on it, but sound waves... If you have the, if you look at sound waves in water, you'll see certain patterns. 
I, I even see like this this one trumpet player. He was playing. Uh, it looked like it was like a bunch of fire, right? And then the trumpet horn was blue. And then like as he's playing, you can see the fire moving in different ways. So it's it's really starting to be a lot more present, at least in my algorithms. <laughs> but um, it's it's interesting because for the human mind, the frequencies are your thoughts. The vibrations are your words, right? And so that's how you align your thoughts with your words, and your words become your actions. Your actions become your, your life or your, your character, and then that becomes like your destiny in a way. And so um, monitoring your, frequ- your own frequency and vibration, doing a little self-check on yourself, um, and sometimes it's not easy because you get people get caught up in just day to day, but just even taking some time to step, just like meditate, reflect on your own day, and think about what happened, what what kind of feelings did you have, and, and analyze those. Um, that sometimes can can even cause profound changes in just in into what you even like if if you think about what you allow into your your realm to influence you. Like wow, why did I do that? Why did I think that? Or why, why am I doing this right now? If people want to find some sort of breakthrough, sometimes it could just be in the little habits that are subconscious that you don't even know. And and so, um, you know, I've always been big on trying to improve my habits and and try to really focus on what am I allowing myself to be exposed to, so that I can continue to be the best version. And so even tying into, you know, even in, in who I am and who I've become, because the biggest part that I want to really stress is that the character of the person that I had to become from where I grew up to where I'm at now, that's huge because I was in a very negative situation. Like I said, first to even graduate high school, like not only just in my family, in my neighborhood, like I had a group of friends, but we were like the first, like people older than us didn't even graduate. It was just, that was wasn't even a thing people weren't even thinking about it's just because people are so i mean it was just a lot of negativity so people weren't really they didn't plan to have a big massive future they just nobody if you didn't make it as an athlete or you didn't make it out in in some sort of way you got lucky then you just what else do you really have to look forward to you know and so i was able to pull myself out of a situation like that and now it's like i'm i'm in a way like I've removed myself very far. I couldn't be any further. <laughs> but even just as a mindset, because it, 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 I know a lot of people that I know are going to be listening to this, and they're going to be like, oh, he's right. But at the time, I, even when I was living over there, I used to tell them the same stuff. The story never changes. Uh, it's just the, the location where I, <laughs> where I am changes. And, and, um, and I guess the audience changes when you talk to, to more people. Uh, but the, the big part, that I could take away from it all is like giving is always a, it should be like a mandatory thing. You got to give in order to get, right? And so I always was came from that pers- that point of like, it's all love. Uh, added, like, if you got a, if you got a, a table, just add an extra chair. You know, people pull up a chair to the table. It was never from a scarcity mindset. You're, you're thinking in abundance. That's how I always thought of. I could always add more people on because of the fact that that we're on the we're always on the the rise. You know, it's like I always feel like, man, this is just beginning. 
we're just at the, the foundation. And it's been like that for a while. Whether I first opened my recording studio, man, this is the beginning. Uh, can't wait. We have big dreams. And sometimes not everybody's dreams are, they're, they're probably not as serious about chasing their dreams, but I never let that stop me. I always knew the mission. And it's like when, when someone has a vision, especially a big enough vision for people to see themselves in as well, then you could really, that's where you start entering like a realm of leadership in a way where it's like now I'm helping you reach your dreams. You know what I mean? Most leaders would, would understand this. I mean, if you help other people, it, it all helps you out in the end. But what I could say is, like I said, going back to moving to the West Coast, the funny thing, I had an analogy. It was like I was like the Fresh Prince when I first moved down here because, you know, West yep. Philadelphia case is like uh grew up in connecticut but the longer i live out here the more i realize i'm more like a, a young uncle phil oh there <laughs> you go i'm a brand that nobody even has that yet so I'm, now we have this timestamp here <laughs> i love it i love yeah. it but it's really because of the fact that like like it goes back to giving i'm i'm the person that wants to help provide opportunities for people because i wish i had somebody like me in my life growing up and i look at that analogy and it doesn't matter, not necessarily just for my siblings or, or people that I grew up with. I want to be that kind of mentor, that kind of positive role model for a bunch of people, people I don't know. Because there's more people you don't know than people you do. And especially when you do stuff like this, like you have the podcast, you have videos. We do this here today, but this is going to live on long after. Absolutely. It's going to leave a legacy. I do want to interject because I think that this is a great segue and to talk about your entrance into the political scene. You are running for office, yeah. and that is leadership. You're, you would step into a leadership role. You would be serving people you don't know, mm -hmm. right? You would be you know, forging a vision in government. So I want to talk about that. You know, What's the inspiration there? You know, what are you looking to do to make that positive impact now in the government? I can say this, my inspiration, a lot of it comes from my upbringing and the fact that like, I believe that I'm living the American dream and this American dream that people say is dead, to come from nothing, to make something of yourself, this right here, it's, it shouldn't be the exception, it should be the rule of giving positivity, but more than anything, like I came from the bottom. I know how laws impact people at the bottom. And I know how people can take advantage of situations. And in my case, too, we talk about, for example, like the big issues in San Diego, homelessness, right? Well, I know what it's like, and I know a lot of people that were homeless. Um, I also know people that were on drugs. And I do know people that will put drugs over food and shelter. And so mm -hmm. with that, another in inspiration for me is – because I don't think people really have that, at least coming from the bottom, you don't think that they care about you. You say, oh, these people, they, they just care about their own pockets. They don't care about the people at the bottom. They just want to give people to, like, give money to the rich people and forget about the poor people. I was super poor. But at the same time, I know what it's like to get yourself out of that. And, for example, I have this one approach. I call it a 5149 where I can't go harder for you for your life than you go for your own life. Yep. And you, I can't even go 
you have to take control of your life. A lot of people want to give up control of their life. I mean, you could give up your freedom, but but freedom really isn't free. You got to work for it. People give up their freedom for safety, <laughs> and if you do that, you don't deserve either. Yep, as Benjamin Franklin said. You know, yep, and yep. and that's that's the truth. And I say, what I could do is inspire people to take control of their lives. I want to. We don't have inspirational leaders. Think about that. No, who's no. really inspiring people to actually do something? Like you can give a speech, and it could be nice, and they'll clap. But what? What call to action do you have? What's the vision? Yeah, what Where's is your the vision? vision? You know, so much of politics is degraded into we're going to make fun of the other side and, you know, we're going to castigate them. It's just the back and forth. But what is the vision? Like, what is the vision that you have to make this country better, to make this state better, your city better, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And the big thing is so Positivity many people right talk there. about this. They talk about this and nothing changes. And then it's like they're they're around when it's election time and then they disappear and then they come back around again when it's re-election time and nothing changes things just get worse but so the analogy is like that frog in the boiling water analogy where if you put a frog in in some warm water they're comfortable and as you slowly turn up the the heat in the water the frog is just comfortable relaxing they don't really pay much attention to it and now next thing you know the water is boiling and when they realize that oh man i'm in a hot pot of water it's too late and that's really what's happening to i think to our country in a way where we're just too comfortable we're letting things go by we need something we need change we need somebody to say something to do something and and i think that we have a lot of career politicians that are just Business as usual, yeah, and nothing is really changing about it. Uh, I look at the state assembly, especially. I'm not a politician, so who am I to just jump up a couple of of rings on this ladder to think that I can just come in and change things? Well, for state assembly, it's interesting. They actually can influence laws and influence things that actually can be on our day to day, and so. I look at it as, first off, before anything, because like I said, I'm not a politician. I can't say I know exactly what's going to happen because I haven't been there yet. But it's the one, I'm, I'm very intelligent. I can catch on really quick. I'm in law school right now. <laughs> I can uh, I can be just as intelligent as the best person in our country. I'm right there, I believe it. And second, it's the person I am. I'm a, a very empathetic person. Like, I know what it's like. I'm not going to leave people behind. And one thing is, like, I have a vision that everybody could fit in. I'm a, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And I believe in entrepreneurship. And I believe in business. And I believe in giving to, to people, like, in the sense of you make yourself valuable so that you can give more. We have, for example, here's, here's like, it's like a paradigm shift that we need. We all talk about. Jobs, jobs, jobs. We need all these jobs because it's important. People need to make money. But we don't talk about businesses. Look at how many small businesses fail in the first five years. How many new businesses are starting up? How many people are being more entrepreneurs? We're in the internet age. We're not in the 1900s. We're in a whole different era. You can make money in different countries, different currencies. And the average person could do this. And there's people doing it. They're creating content. They're doing whatever it is that like they, they find. There's... 
Airbnbs. There's so much money you can make online now that we should be encouraging this for people. In, in addition, here's another thing. For education, one thing I'm really big on is education. Like, it got me out of my situation. I believe, like, education could really be, like, a great equalizer. Why is it that people are so afraid to help people be more educated? <laughs> Why not teach finance to the youth growing up? Because you could graduate high school, you could graduate college and still not know how credit works. And I've been in finance for so long, and one thing I know, I've been teaching people like little tricks on how you can help your, your kids out, for example. Like here's, here's, here's a trick I'm, I'm about to teach. It's not necessarily a trick, but it's something you could do. Say you have kids. They're like six years old. Well, if you add them as an authorized signer to your credit card, you don't have to give them a card. But what's going to happen is that Social Security, by the time uh, the Social Security number is going to be attached to that credit line, and by the time they turn 18, they already have a track record of, of credit. Yep. And so, so you know, in, in, in cases like that, something very small, this is knowledge that I didn't have growing up. I know people who it actually worked against <coughs> them, where they had bills in their name that their parents put in and didn't pay. So now they start off with bad credit before they're even 18. You know, so this is like, like a, a, a paradigm shift. We need to have more people. If we could have just a baseline financial literacy, we can help save the country. Because most people can't even survive a $500 emergency. And so if we can help teach that, or here's another thing, agriculture. We don't even teach yeah. kids to farm. Exactly. Like if be self-sufficient. You can't even grow your own food. That's what this country, for the longest time, like farmers, like that was a, f I mean, it still is a profession, but it was much more prevalent. And frankly, I mean, with all the food that we're getting from all across the world, and we know where you know, all the other stuff that's being processed, like that, we do need to go back to yes. growing our own food. And here's the thing, in 1776, back, you know, when our country was founded, yeah. most people were farmers. They were. You know, they came to the market with something of value, whether it's I have chickens, I have cows, I have wheat, you know, whatever it is, they grew something. They were self-sufficient, or they had a skill or something like that. We should be able to teach people to have a skill. Why is it not cool to be an electrician or be a plumber or be a carpenter? You know, like these are skills. You don't have to get into three, four hundred thousand dollars of debt just to do that. But you can make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and, and definitely if we could teach them how to at least grow your own tomatoes, <laughs> you know, that'll that'll save a lot of people. And it's a fun project for kids because they're they're learning this. And if you could teach that and instill that, that's a skill that they have when they're older. So why don't we teach that? Like so, it's also coming down to new ideas. One yeah. thing that I could provide is new ideas, ways to not only that but inspire people, get people engaged to be involved in the government. Right now, I know I talk to a lot of young people. They think that all these old people and you, they can't. They call me old, yeah. <laughs> but all these old people are like, like they're they're afraid to think to like ruining things for them or whatever. It's like there is like a a growing resentment that they have, but at the same time, they're just. They just want guidance. Yes. They're just not finding it from from the people that are currently in office, and that's why. And the thing for me is I just want to, like, if not you, then who? You know, if not me, then who? Exactly. I, yeah. That's how I, I've always looked at it, and I'm I'm just, like, just trying to take advantage of it where I'm in a very unique situation where people that grew up in my situation don't end up where I'm at. And 
I figure I learned so much that I have a lot to share. And like I said, the new ideas that I could bring to the table that would really create a, a positive impact. And the biggest thing for me is a legacy. I'm not, I'm not backed by anybody. I, <laughs> I ran as a Republican just because of the fact that I know it kind of goes against like the, the stereotype of, of especially somebody growing up like me where I grew up, like, I was even, honestly, I kid you not, I was a Democrat up until recently. But it was because a lot of things are, are changing, and I feel like the party itself needs leadership more than ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and it would probably be a good place for me to step in right there just to be heard. Because the biggest thing for me, I need a bigger megaphone. I'm not super popular. I'm not rich and famous. Uh, I'm just a regular person. But I have these great ideas. I'm a positive person. I've always been positive. You can ask anybody that's ever known me. I've always been a super positive person. And I think that with the unique perspective that I have, as well as the education that I have, and the belief that the American dream can be a real dream for people. And if I can have this myself, then I, I think that I could take a lot of excuses off the table for a lot of people because there's a lot of disadvantages that I had growing up. But I don't look at it as, like, oh, poor me. I look at it as, look, if I could do this, you could do this. And we need more inspirational leaders. We need leaders, period. And I would consider myself a leader. You know, a funny story as well. Uh, in high school, I used to move around a lot, as I mentioned. I, I used to wrestle in high school. And... I only started my sophomore year. I wish I actually started earlier. I was pretty good. But um, my senior year of high school, I moved to a new school. And the funny thing is, is like, they made me the captain of this new school, you know, my senior year. And it's like that, people don't really think of it like that. You have to put in time with the team. But it's, time does matter. But a lot of it comes down to personality. Who are you? Are you building people up? And, I look at that, especially that moment in high school, especially. I, I even tell my coach to this day, like, I truly appreciate him for recognizing that because that put a lot of confidence in myself and my own leadership abilities and, you know, into how well can I impact people. And it even, doesn't even matter what, what matter of time it is, but it could be a short matter of time or I could be with them for years, but, but the impact that I have and going from there, became a mentor. I did a lot of public speaking but it gave me a lot of confidence. So I would say, like, as a, I, I would consider myself to be a natural leader, one that's empathetic, that can really bring new ideas. And I think that we need new ideas, especially nowadays. And we need everybody to work together. There's so much division. You know, and that's, that's the thing, too. Uh, I've, I think that a lot of people, just by me saying, what, just saying a party, <laughs> is going to just cut off automatically. Oh, you're that? Forget about it. I don't want to hear anything you got to say. But I think that the fact that I am running as, as a Republican under this, under that ticket, is going to open up a dialogue because I could be willing to work with Democrats and not say, oh, you're evil or you're this or you're that, and, and be able to get things done. I think that, and also... 
it would take a lot of those excuses off the table as well. Yep. You know, where it's like, now what? Now you have somebody that's willing to talk to you. Now you have this. Now you have that. So Now let's actually do stuff that's right for this country. Exactly. So there's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, one of his most simple quotes, but most powerful. And it goes, do I not destroy an enemy by making him a friend? Say it. Right? That's deep. That's deep. Exactly. And that's how I always saw, I saw the party system really as, like, adversarial to actual democracy, but more like one party is going to stab you in the front the other is going to stab you in the back so i was just like you know what i figured that the republican party in this sense they they're just following trump over a cliff so yeah. <laughs> i'll let them do that you know um but Let's focus on the local be, issues exactly yeah. the local issues don't group me in with all of that talk about what we're doing here what what changes are we making here because this is what we really need to focus on and and then, like I said, I'm willing to talk to you. I'm willing to, to, to work with you to come together to create a better community for all of us. So that's, that's how I am. I'm trying to just open the dialogue to everybody. And I figured, like, the party itself doesn't really matter. I could have ran anything. But, like I said, I just chose this one. And it's just because I believe that the party in itself was really big on entrepreneurship and big on being being a person of value, be a producer, not just a consumer. And so that's how I always see it. Um, being creative. Even that could be that mentality could apply to anything. Being a creative person as an artist. You know, I've always believed in sharing and giving and, and like I said, that that kind of just all ties in together for it all. And um yeah man, I, I like I'm I'm very appreciative of even my time here and and interviewing you this is like the first real interview getting out there so yeah i'm excited man can't wait for this to come out thank you james appreciate you being the guest um i know we're almost at time but just want to give you the opportunity to so people know how to support you where they can follow you find more information all of that your book too your book coming out absolutely (laughs) there's a lot to plug in so uh, i have a company called four artists entertainment um i'm still building on the website for there but four artists ent dot com for that uh, for my politics and everything especially brown for assembly b-r-o-w-n-e the number four assembly.com and it's cool because i'm the fourth so it's like brown for it and it's uh it's, it's a cool i have a lot of flips with that but um the book also called personal achievement made simple it's really a beginner's guide to motivation just because not everybody is at the same level you know i i took it way back had simple strategies. I, I love to keep things very simple and get people on a baseline of motivation and helping people achieve your goals. First set goals, and then you could achieve them because the goals are going to be how you design your life. And so uh, I believe the greatest gift you could give to humanity is a book. And it, I put a lot of my life story and a lot of effort and time into creating this for people, a simple combination of words that can help people reach epiphanies I believe I put those in that book. So you definitely want to check that out when it comes out. Personal Achievement Made Simple. Thank you. Thank you so much. James, thank you. It was an honor. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much.